Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where we interview women executives, leaders, and entrepreneurs. And you're listening to the Well Woman Show, where motivated women achieve fulfillment and well-being. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. Take time for myself by coming to things like Well Woman Drinks. To be accepting of myself no matter what. Step away from judgment as much as possible. You're listening to the Well Women Show. Just, you're going to be in for a good ride. I don't regret anything. Everything I've ever done, I've learned from it, one way or another, good or bad. Being a little bit selfish for yourself, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first and then give what's left. I'm a woman. I would prefer to, to tell my own story. My story, though it's very personal, is universal. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. And now your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hi, Giovanna Rossi here, and welcome to another episode of The Well Woman Show, where I interview women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs about their lives and their road to becoming and being who they are today. Are you at the top of your game professionally, but feeling burned out, or finding it hard to focus on your goals, or unfulfilled personally? Or are you in transition, simply juggling so many things, you find it hard to take care of your own needs? Well, you're not alone. We all need to activate the four universal superpowers. These are the internal strengths and abilities we all already have, but don't use all the time. Superpowers can be cultivated, and they include awareness, intuition, action, and acceptance. Toward the end of the show, in a segment called Superpowers for Success, I ask my guest about her superpowers, and the answers will give you the strength, perspective, and power to live a well-woman life. I'm so happy you're here, so thanks for tuning in. This episode of The Well Woman Show is brought to you by Collective Action Strategies, supporting organizations that support women and families, and by Well Woman Life Movement Challenge Quiz, your resource for living your best life. If you're in burnout or major transition, this is your time to figure out what's holding you back from making the changes you need to make in order to live your fullest, most joyful life. The cause of all of our challenges, personal or professional, can actually be rooted in the lack of internal superpowers and or external supports. Our Well Woman Life Framework tells you which stage of the Well Woman Life Cycle you're in and what to do about it so you can truly live your best life. You can find out more at wellwomanlife.com slash quiz. I'm so thankful for support from Natural Awakenings Magazine in New Mexico, a monthly green healthy lifestyle publication. And for support from High Desert Yoga, promoting optimum physical health, clarity of mind, and spiritual inspiration for all. Hello, hello, well women. It's Giovanna Rossi here, and I am coming to you. If you're listening to the show when it airs, it's uh, kind of mid-September. We just finished the Well Woman Retreat, the Superpower Retreat, which was fabulous. And uh, we also had the Women's Leadership Summit which was excellent as well. And um, I'll be doing a kind of a wrap-up of that uh, on a future show. So stay tuned for that. If you're new to the show, welcome. And if you're returning, welcome back. Um, If you haven't taken our quiz to find out where you are in the Well Woman Life Cycle, definitely go over to wellwomanlife.com slash quiz. It's a quick two-question quiz, and it'll help you figure out where you are in the life cycle and what you can do about it. So it's an awesome tool, and I'd love to hear your feedback. You can email info at wellwomanlife.com. 
So today on the show, we're talking about choosing wonder over worry. And I'm super excited to welcome Amber Ray to the show. I actually heard, um, I actually met Amber in Portland this summer when I was there with my husband celebrating our 10-year anniversary. Uh, And we went to... um, we went to the bookstore there. Um, oh my God, Pals um, in Portland. We went there actually multiple times because um, we were we just loved it. And my husband is uh, he would he would he would just live in a bookstore really or a library if he could. But um, we went to the bookstore s- several times, and one of the times Amber Ray was there speaking about her new book choosing wonder over worry and she um i just resonated with what she was talking about so much and so i uh asked her afterwards if i could interview her for my show and and so we did and um so i have a really special treat for you today um we talk about how to reignite wonder and stop the worry how to stop pushing or forcing outcomes and start flowing and how to pause to integrate and still reach your goals. So this is all very aligned with everything I usually talk about, but it's just through a new lens that Amber Ray offers us. So super excited about that. And um, I'm gonna let you know a little bit more about Amber Ray. She is, um, oh, I just lost it. I was going to give you a little bit more of her bio. And let's see if I can find it. Um, While I'm looking for this, you can get the free gift today at wellwomanlife.com slash 134show. And it's chapter one of her book, Choosing Wonder Over Worry. And it's... uh, it's great because you can check out the chapter um, before you buy the book. So um, it's a great little book, by the way. It's just super easy, and it has lots of activities and um, lots of things to uh, to keep you engaged in the content. So um, I'm super excited to share with you my interview with author and um, artist Amber Ray. I'm speaking with Amber Ray today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. I'm excited to have you on the show. I met you when I was on a little weekend getaway in Portland. Um, (laughs) You were at the the bookstore. Oh my gosh, I'm going to forget the name of the bookstore. Um, Powell's? Yes, Powell's <laughs> in Portland. Um, and you were doing a reading from your new book. And um, I was there and uh, I was like, oh, I need to have her on my show. This is so great. So um, I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, the first thing I want to ask you, Amber, is what are you working on and how does it impact women's lives? Ooh. Well, I am an author and an artist, and I just published a book called Choose Wonder Over Worry, and it documents both 
it's, you know, it's so much of my journey of navigating worry and fear and doubt of wondering if my voice mattered of worrying that I may not be good enough or who am I to do this and all of those, you know, looming questions that can really paralyze us and hold us back. And it helps women because I haven't met a woman who hasn't faced one of those questions before. And so a lot of my work is really turning myself inside out and sharing my journey of the real messy parts of navigating these scarier, darker, darker, harder places, these insecure points and being able to really transcend and move through it. And in doing that, being able to pull women along with me. Mm, okay. And Mind Body Green calls says Amber Ray is the Brene Brown of wonder. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice little quote. That was a very friendly quote. <laughs> yeah. I love Brene. Yeah, yeah, I think I do. Well, I do too. And I think my audience does. Um, so choose wonder over worry. I love that you um, talked about that or wrote the, a book about this. It's a guide to face your fears and create a life that reflects who you truly are. And I think that people, some people, you know, kind of get to this place of facing their fears earlier in their lives than others. And, and, mm -hmm. And some people maybe never get there, frankly. Um, but I think it's something that, uh, how do you think that, came, like, how did that come about for you? Because I think some people come to it through a complete and utter breakdown, right? Health or mental <laughs> health breakdown. And they, they come to that sort of reckoning with themselves and <clears throat> have a complete breakthrough. How did that happen for you? For me, it was, I mean, it's, it was definitely a series of moments, realizations, breakdowns, breakthroughs, but what's coming to mind is, so my, my father passed when I was young and he was a brilliant singer, songwriter, businessman. He played seven instruments and my mom said he was the most brilliant person she'd ever met. However, he was a little misguided and by himself. And so it was very much in the era of, yes, I'm a rock star. So sex, drugs, rock and roll. And even though he had all of these dreams, his demons really got in the way. And that led him to get behind the wheel under the car, or behind the wheel under the influence. And that led to the death of his best friend who was getting married the next day. And it led him to, he actually, he didn't die, but he um, went into a coma and then never regained full consciousness. And he passed away when I was 12. So now did you have a relationship with him at the time? He, the accident happened when I was three. Oh, okay. So, but I, my, one of my first memories actually is having a phone call with him when he told me like, it was like weeks before the accident. So it was, it was more the absence of him and the like curiosity around what happened, which of course, you know, there's a period of time where my mom, you know, there's only so much she can tell me because there's only so much I'm ready to hear. But as I began to get older and began to ask more questions, I realized that he, you know, never really faced himself. And so I, I made this vow in my teenage years that I wouldn't follow in his footsteps. And so I feel like, you know, him, the, him dying, I remember this feeling that I didn't want to die with my gift still inside. And so, cause he, you know, he had all this music, he had these like business ideas. My mom said that he had, there was so much that he could have given, but he kept getting in his own way. And I had this sense that I didn't want that to happen to me too. 
Mm. I remember this from your talk in Portland, and it, it struck me so deeply because I have a similar story about my dad, but he actually killed himself in a car accident. Oh. So, um, yeah, so I, this is, this is all coming back to me now, why I connected with what you were saying so deeply. And, um, so, so that happened and you decided, okay, I'm not going to let this, I'm not going to live my life in fear, uh, and, and hiding, hiding myself. Um, what was the point? Like, was there a, a kind of a turning point where, where you, you know, did I, you know, kind of dove into this or was it just a, like a lifelong journey? No, then I definitely decided to go in the opposite direction of what I committed to with myself. <laughs> and, you know, and that, that's so much of choose wonder over worry. It was here. I was born with so much wonder, so much curiosity. And then I, I believe that our, that wonder gets socialized and conditioned out of us. And, you know, I think my desire to belong, to fit in, to be accept, accepted, to have other people's approval, to rise the ranks in my career led me to make a series of unwell or unhealthy decisions. Like I was popping Adderall to get more done and to work harder and to stay thin because I thought that would represent my lovability. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was, I was in the tech in Silicon Valley tech world after working with Apple and, and being in the brand space and really thinking that I'd approve myself, like as Brene Brown calls it hustling for approval. I was hustling for approval in literally every aspect of my life thinking that, you know, I think there was a part of me that thought, oh, this is my way of ensuring that I don't die with my gift still inside, except I was killing myself along the way. Mm. And so it that led to a, in my early 20s, a panic attack, a, um, actually, it was more like I had, I had taken Adderall and it, my heart was beating so fast, I thought I was having a heart attack and that led to a panic attack. And then this whole breakdown, you know, tears lying on the floor of my apartment, and realizing, whoa, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. And that was really, I think that was, I, I got, that was really scary. I was, I, I literally thought that I might be dying in that moment. And I realized how much I had been hiding from myself and had a flash of my, my dad and sort of like, whoa, because I was around, he was in his early, like mid twenties when he got in his car accident. Um, and so it was a sort of a signal of, don't follow in those footsteps. And it was almost as if he was nudging me. And so that, that really is when I began to pause and ask myself some serious questions. And actually, this is when the wonder began to come back because I was like, how did I get here? Who am I? Why am I, you know, embarking in these destructive behaviors? I started reading The Artist's Way and all these other books, and those were really helping me to recenter with myself. Oh my gosh, so many of my guests mentioned the artist's way. It's it's incredible. And I actually had her on my show, Julia Cameron. I know. She's amazing. I love her. I know. She's amazing. She and uh do you also follow or read um Byron Katie? Yes. Yeah. She I had her on my show last summer and um just a wonderful, wonderful woman. Um so do you think that I love what you said about wonder gets socialized and conditioned out of us. Do you think that's different for women than men? I know you're, you don't focus specifically on women, but I, I think it shows up differently for, for men and for women. A girlfriend of mine is actually writing a book right now about the good girl myth. And so I think, you know, for women, it's to like, 
be good, be nice, don't get angry, don't shake the boat, um, be pretty, and make sure everyone likes you. And so I think it's a little, that's, that's more the conditioning for women, which does take that wonder out of us. Whereas for men, it's more like, don't have feelings, don't cry, be strong, take care of your family, and make sure you fit in, you know, so there's, there's different messages, but I think they, they create worry and impact in different ways. And I've worked with both men and women. I've seen, you know, there's a lot of universal feelings. Um, but I did notice that like, for, for example, women feel more safe talking about their emotions than men do. Mm, yeah. So do you, um, do you walk people through a method in your book? Like I, I always am curious about like how, uh, cause I don't think we can tell people to have, you know, this breakthrough. It has to sort of happen. And mm-hmm. like, so we have to, we have to like, I don't know, give people cues or inspire them to have the breakthrough. But so how do you do that with your, with the information in your book? Yeah, I'm very much not a here is your five step process <laughs> because I don't I don't that's never worked for me and I I don't see it work well with people. I'm more let me tell you the questions I was asking myself. Let me show you where I fell down and how I got back up. And in that, my hope is that you can see yourself. And so, and a, and a lot of my work is around um, meeting these characters of our inner world. So. Um, this this has roots in psychotherapy, but I build characters around these different worry and fear voices or worry myths, as I call them in the book. So like the perfectionist, we I so in every chapter of the book, you like meet perfectionism, you meet hustling for approval, you meet um, not enough time and you meet these different characters. And when we can actually distance ourselves from maybe a a, a conversation or voice in our head or a feeling inside of our body to a character that we're meeting and dialoguing and having a conversation with, that distance allows us to see ourselves more clearly. Mm-hmm. And so that was sort of the the structure of the book is meeting the characters of your inner world, similar to what Inside Out did, where you, you know, with joy and sadness and, and disgust in the different characters, that I wanted to bring that to life for the reader as well so that they can separate themselves from their feelings. Mm. Okay. And what kind of response have you had from folks who read your book? I mean, it's been beyond, honestly, it's beyond anything that I ever expected and it's continuing to snowball. And I mean, and it's, I thought, I remember when I sat down with Seth Godin because I used to work with him and he's been so lovely about the book and I went up to celebrate with him when I got the book deal and we were talking about like the marketing process and he's like, yeah, you know, just really focus on the people who you think it's really for, like people who were like you. And so, you know, I really had it in my mind that it's probably like these millennial women who have gone through similar things as me. But then I had like 75 year old men showing up at different book events yeah, or people just that like, I are the last people I expected to be so moved, like, you know, I don't know, 35 year old man. And so moved by the book where he's like, I feel like you wrote my story and doing every exercise and having every opinion. I actually talked to someone yesterday who is like changed. He said, I'm now living in my truth and I'm never going back. And that like really struck me. And he's like, 30 days ago, I was not in my truth. Today I am. 
And he made several big life decisions that are now reflecting him being in that. And so for me, that's like, you know, that's the greatest gift in the world. So it's, you know, you never know with these things, but it it seems to be working. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah, like my show is for women, clearly, a well woman show. But I can't tell you how many men tell me they listen to it and that they love it. (laughs) I'm like, oh, that's cool. Okay. Great. (laughs) You know, it's like, all right. Um, So Amber, you, uh, you had um, some pretty prominent people endorse or, you know, support your book and your efforts and your work. Can you talk, you know, I think a lot of listeners wonder like how, how did she make that happen? Mm-hmm. And I know you talked about this um, at the book reading I was at, but can you just tell the, a, a quickie about like Deepak Chopra, for example, like how did he end up on your, <laughs> on your book, giving you a quote? Well, and this is, you know, the mystery of the creative process because I so badly wanted a blurb from Byron Katie or um, Elizabeth Gilbert, Brene Brown, Cheryl Strait, and was like actively seeking those people out. And, you know, my efforts were not, were not working to the point where I even like went to a conference with Cheryl Strait or went to their workshop with Cheryl Strait and Liz Gilbert. And I found myself like in the dressing room. We both got massages at the same time, Liz and I, and, you know, having a conversation, but like it just, none of those things led to, you know, the endorsement that I was hoping for. Mm. Um, which is fine because that's, you know, that's the process. But then, of course, I'm like at some random dinner event that I didn't want to go to and almost didn't go to. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling some woman who I'm just meeting about my book, my work, and the idea of it. And she's like, oh, I feel like my mentor would really like this. We <laughs> should get we should get brunch with him this weekend. I was like, yeah, great. Who's your mentor? She's like, oh, Deepak Chopra. I was like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, and that's like, Julia Cameron actually talks about this in The Artist's Way of how like, there's these like, you know, synchronistic nudges. And it's like, oftentimes, it's like the friend of the neighbor. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I, even the my literary agent who I signed with and I'm obsessed with and helped me get the best deal, you know, that I could have ever imagined happened because seven years ago, I was at an event and sat next to a woman at a dinner party and I helped her craft her talk. And like in the moment, she's like, I don't know, I'm talking tomorrow. And I was like, well, let's, let's jam real time now. Tell me what you're thinking. I helped her shape it a little bit. And then, you know, seven years later, she, I post on Facebook that I've finished the first draft of my proposal on the 333rd day of the year and 33 days left, which I like thought was special for some reason. And she immediately reaches out and was like, I need to introduce you to my agent. And again, it's like, you know, they come from these unexpected places. So Deepak was another example of that. And I, you know, I get brunch with him and we have a great conversation and I bring, you know, a very early copy of the book. He's like, oh yeah, I'll read it. And then a week later, he's like, I read it. I love it. Here you go. (laughs) And gave me a blurb. And so it was just like, that was the easiest blurb of all the blurbs. And it's just so funny how, you know, those things can work. And then, you know, with Seth Godin and Stephen Pressfield, who, um, blurbed it. I had worked with them previously. And so those were easier asks because I had helped them birth both of their books. Oh, okay. Okay. So I love the takeaway here for me, at least is um, that when you stop pushing, pushing, pushing Mm -hmm. so hard and and you let it flow, like you were in the most unlikely, you know, circumstance to meet Deepak Chopra, but here we are, you, you let it, you, you stopped pushing so hard and you just 
you were authentically really communicating with that woman who then said, Oh, you know, you should be my mentor. So I think that's the lesson for me. What about you? Absolutely. And I feel like that's the feminine value that I'm always wanting to take myself back to because I don't like pushing. I don't like forcing. I don't like chasing or striving. It doesn't feel good in my body. But when I'm in trust and when I'm allowing to just see what's possible, then things happen to flow. I actually, there's a question that I ask myself almost every day, which is like, where am I forcing outcomes and why? And what would it look like for me to flow? Mm. And that's so helpful and recentering for me because I'm only ever forcing outcomes when I'm in fear. Yeah. And when I'm in trust, then things just happen. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. And that's very aligned with uh, the well woman life cycle framework that I developed in my, uh, in my work, which um, really, you know, cause I, I talked to a lot of like, uh, high achieving type A women who want to push, 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 and and like you say, force outcomes. And so, I I work with this model that really helps you slow down, get off the hamster wheel, stop. You know, just stop, <laughs> just stop. And yeah. um, and it's so hard for us because we don't want to stop. We want to act. We want action, action, action. And yep. and when we realize that. Um, action, just any action is not, it's not the best thing always. We need to take a step back, you know, reconnect with ourselves and then let it flow. Then it's so much easier. Absolutely. So, and yeah, go ahead. So I'm three months out from publishing the book. And when I, you know, of course there was this seven city tour. I probably did a hundred interviews, 30 events. It was go, go, go. I was on fire connecting with people, loving it. And then I got back to New York and there's a part of me that was like, keep going, go, go, go. I have so much energy. And then my body just gave out. It was like, absolutely not. (laughs) And in fact, I actually like hurt my foot, which is always, you know, I feel like when we hurt a part of our body, it's our body's way of speaking to us. And my, my foot was like, I'm going to ask you to pause. And it was my right foot right is masculine side. Um, and so I really have been spending the last month and a half, two months, just really going slow, pausing, writing, savoring. And it's been the most nourishing thing I could have ever done for myself because something that surprised me about, uh, publishing the book is that I, there were almost these like post publication blues. Mm -hmm. So I got back from this tour and then I was like, what do I do with myself now? You know, like the, the biggest dream of all the dreams for me, which is this book is now out in the world. And now what? And really sitting in that and not trying to run away from that and run to the next thing to act on, but really allowing myself to sit with that sadness and allow it to integrate and really to honor it really went a long way. Mm. Okay. Let me just reflect on this for a second, because I think people worry about stopping and slowing down because they think <clears throat> then they won't achieve their goals. So when when you were in in this period of slowing down and and really what you just described, do you feel like you're putting things on hold or are are things still happening but just not being forced? Like, can you talk about that? 
Yeah, that was definitely a fear of mine as well. I'm like, well, if I'm not making it happen, what, how are things going to actually happen? And, you know, the thing a, a friend of mine reminded me, she's like, I also want to remind you that you've spent the last two years and really actually your entire life on this book. And now people are just reading it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like people also need time to integrate the material that you poured so much of yourself into. And that that was a helpful reframe for me. Mm-hmm. But but also, like, aren't I supposed to move into build stage? Aren't I supposed to keep making things happen? But it was in that place of pause that the ideas, you know, because so much happened on tour, I had so many conversations, I really needed space to integrate that, yeah. to be like, you know, what, okay, so all of this data, basically, that I've just collected, that, and all these conversations I've had, what do I want to do with that? Where do I see that going? And really creating a space to just like pause and listen and integrate and see where that wanted to go. And then of course, like there was a part of me that was like, okay, but like, um, you know, money wise, I just got my last check for the advance for the book and where's money going to come from next? And there was a lot of fear in there. And then I set a date for myself and I was like, okay, if by, you know, I'm fine and I were, I'm good for a few months. So let's like, if by October 1st, I'm don't have more clarity, then I could begin to put some feelers out there. But of course, in like three weeks, I had three people reach out and why I hire me to speak. And, you know, things have just started to snowball on their own. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's really helped me realize that I don't need to be out there chasing, but more, where are the places that I can go to feel and be the most me? Because that's where I'm going to attract the right opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, one last question before we move on to the final segment here, and that is, can you share a tip or something from your book that is a very concrete, like something people can do to reignite wonder and stop the worry? Mm. So two things come to mind. The first is to name it, to tame it. And this is really of how do we stop worrying its tracks and this you know neuroscience has shown that when we can name what we're feeling as vividly as possible like you know right now I'm finding myself feeling a little off balance and flustered and I feel unclear and that lack of clarity is creating anxiety and because I'm anxious my heart is beating faster like the more vivid we can describe about how we're feeling in a moment and name and name the emotion we actually can reduce the anxiety around the sensation by up to 50%. Mm. And so it's really like when you're feeling the feels, pause and name what you're feeling. Name what thoughts are going through your mind. Name what sensations are happening in your body. And again, what happens there is it creates distance between you, this body and vessel, and the emotions and thoughts that are visiting you in the moment. And I think that's another really important takeaway as well is that uh, you know, feelings and emotions, they visit us like storms. And there was actually this Greek religion called Helianism, and they believed that emotions would come to visit us, whether it was like inspiration. Oh, inspiration's visiting me right now. I'm going to use it. Or anxiety is visiting me right now. That's interesting. What message does it have for me? Or anger is visiting me. Hmm, why is anger here? And so that actually leads into the second thing I would offer, which is to actually talk and have a dialogue with the emotion. So once you've named it, once you know, okay, this is anger, this is what it feels like, here's what triggered it, be like, hey, anger, what's up? Like, I'm not going to shame you, wrong you, or say you're not welcome here. In fact, I'm going to invite you in for a cup of tea and get curious about why you're here and what message you have for me. 
And so when we do that, we shift our relationship from these emotions, you know, shaming or wronging the emotions to really allowing them to pass through our lives like currents. And then once we do that, that's where a lot of the wonder has space to breathe. Yes. I love that. And um, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about something very similar, like, uh, you know, take fear along for the ride, but don't let it drive. Yes. Right. So not shaming it and just like embracing it. Like it's part of, it's part of life. Like we're going to be angry. We're going to be fearful, all these things, but not to push it away and fight it, not to be at war with it. Totally to embrace it. And, you know, so many people say your inner critic is your enemy. And I'm like, "Eh, but that's a part of us. So let's not make a part of us our enemy. Like Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's a voice. So it's like, just be like, Hey, what's up? What message do you have for me? Like when I was writing the book, my perfectionist wanted to hang out and really drive the show every single day. And I've named my perfectionist. Her her name is Grace and she's a 30 something British woman. And so I'd be like, I'd be like, Grace, what's up? I see you hanging out. Why are you here? And Grace would be like, I just want it to be really good. And I'd be like, I know me too, but I need space to get messy. So can you go, go get a manicure right now while I get messy? She's like, okay, I understand. And so it was through this, through this ongoing dialogue, I was able to really claim what my needs were and have them met. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you know, all of that, the name it to tame it and all of this is really all about awareness mm-hmm. and um, getting, being able to be present and, and mindful and, and be in that place of awareness. Because I think a lot of, a lot of this is a problem when we're not able to name it right when we're not able to identify it and and come into ourselves and we let things go sometimes for days or months or years (laughs) without really being aware of what we're doing yep yeah so and um, and in that presence is where wonder loves to play (laughs) mm -hmm. yes yeah and I think wonder, so when you're experiencing wonder, you tend to have more fun too. And then, and then it's, um, the, the anxiety is definitely going to go down because you're having fun. And then other energetic things start happening because when you create fun in your life, um, just, it sets off a whole other, you know, train of things going on. Yeah. As, as a mentor would always say to me, have more fun, get more done. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I love that. Who, who was that that told you that? Uh, Susie Herrick. Oh, okay. She know. wrote a book with El Luna called Your Story is Your Power. Mm, okay. They'd actually be really great for the show if they're still doing interviews. Okay. Side note. Um, that's great. Okay, so Amber, we're um, almost out of time. I want to move into our segment called Superpowers for Success real quick. You're going to have to give real short answers because I know we have a hard stop in a few minutes. Um, What does success in life mean for you? Success in life is living in alignment with my truth and following what I know is aligned for me in every aspect of my life. It's embracing all of who I am and living that and all that I do. Mm, I love it. When did you know you were really good at what you do? Mm. 
it came through I'm noticing that I like don't want it to be this, but it is. Mm-hmm. It came through other people reflecting back the strengths they were seeing in me. Yeah. That's a lot a lot of times what people say. Um, because we need validation. Yeah. Yeah. Was there a time when you felt it inside you? Felt success inside of me or strength? Yeah, where you had that inner knowing where you didn't rely on other people to tell you? Yeah, I'd say with writing, I've been writing since I was a kid. And it wasn't necessarily that I was like, this is what I'm great at, but it was more, this is what I have to do. Mm-hmm. And it was this like, like when I write, I go to another world and just the sensation of feeling so connected to source and so in flow, it, it brings me the most joy and energizes me the most. And so I feel like I've always gravitated toward, oh, this brings me joy and energizes me. That's where I direct myself. Mm. Amber, can you describe a personal habit that contributes to your well-being? Definitely journaling. So I journal every morning and I sleep with my phone in another room. So I do not touch my phone or any electronics until my morning ritual, which includes about 20 minutes of journaling around how I'm feeling, how I want the day to feel, what my intentions are, what's in my space until that's complete. Mm, That's a good one. I love that. Um, what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? I feel like I'm able to see people's power and potential before they see it in themselves. So you're really intuitive. Hmm. And you have had that for a long time. Even when I was, even when I was a kid. I would like, I could like see people. Was that ever a negative? Like, did, ever, did anyone ever tell you that it was, a, you know, stop being like that or stop that <laughs> it's too much or you're, you're too this or too that? Not as a kid, but more, you know, sometimes I would see things and then believe in people so much and really want them to step into who I knew they were capable of and who they knew they were capable, but not ready to step into. And so I think there was a a learning of how to be more graceful and like know that I I might be able to see it, but I don't need to push them there. (laughs) Stay, stay on my own yoga mat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that whole question of like, how do you support people without pushing, pushing? Exactly. Um, What advice would you give your younger self? I know you're, you're young anyway. So, um, what advice would you give yourself like 10 years ago, 15? I was so concerned with what other people thought of me that they were never probably even thinking of me as much <laughs> as I thought. And this actually, this came through, I met this woman named Glenda. I talk about her in the book when I was in um, Mexico and she told this like wild story of her life. And one of the big things was that, you know, she was always trying to show that she was as as good as everyone. And that just realized, and then she realized that no one actually cared. And that struck me, this was about seven or eight years ago. That really struck me deeply because I realized that like, I always wanted to control people's perception of me when they weren't even really thinking about it that much. So I would say, let go, be you. Yeah. Do you identify as a feminist? Yes, absolutely. What does that mean for you? That means equal rights between all people in all areas of life. Okay. Last question, Amber, what are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? 
Ooh, I'm actually revisiting The Artist's Way. Oh, nice. Yeah, I haven't. And it's so funny to see like things I wrote from 2015 and then like I'd done it in like 2010 or something. So it's it's really interesting to see my answers then and to to go back and see where I'm at now. Mm, that's a good one. Amber, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you. I've so enjoyed this. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your well woman life, head over to wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join us. Our monthly live event, Well Woman Drinks, brings women together to share our successes and challenges as women, leaders, moms, aunts, sisters, and all the other roles we carry. If you'd like to attend a Well Woman Drinks near you, or if there isn't one in your city yet and you'd like to start one, email info at wellwomanlife.com. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment and subscribe in iTunes and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening today, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.